Oh, we could, we could fly. Welcome to this new season of the Have a Cup of Jahani podcast. So I want to title this new season that I'm embarking on with I'm growing. So this is going to be the season of growth. And um, that's what I'm going to share with you throughout the season. So I thank you for coming over here and sitting with me. And I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. So today we are going to talk about uh, the the current conflict that is going on in the Middle East, Israel and uh, Hamas conflict. Now, I got to say at the beginning, this is a disclaimer is that this is these are my personal opinion, just like all the things that I've shared on this podcast. They're are my personal opinions. I'm not the spokesperson for anyone or anything. I'm just the spokesperson for me, Johnny. All right. So are you all ready? And if not, and if this is something that uh, you don't want to listen to for whatever reason, really, it is no judgment here. Just catch up with the next episode next Wednesday. But for those that want to listen, let's go. All right. So like I said at the beginning, we're going to dive into a very sensitive and divisive topic. So I'm going to try my best to share how I feel without insulting or ostracizing somebody. Okay. So this issue is very complex. It has historical, political, and human dimensions, and it has made waves across the globe. It has made a lot of waves recently with everything uh, that occurred recently. Uh, But really, this has been an ongoing thing. So let me share something with you. A few years ago, I did um, a a tour of Jerusalem with my church, a few of um, some of the folks that went to church with me. So it was me and a few others. And then we went through the, the various places that are historical and they're historical to the Bible. Really non-judgmental here, whatever religion you practice, please. You're more than welcome to to listen to this. I don't really dive into religion like that, but I just wanted to share that to say that I have been in um, that area, uh, not not Gaza, uh, but there was a few things on the Palestinian side uh, that was part of our tour, right? And just being there, I was there, I want to say for a whole week, you can feel the tension, right? You know how people's like, you can like cut the tension with a knife when you walk into a room. It was the same thing here. Uh, We went through old Jerusalem. We went through, like I said, the Palestinian side where we had to switch guides, right? So we went from being with an Israeli guide at the beginning, and then he passed us off to a Palestinian guy when we went to the other side. And um, both, 
I, I don't have really no complaints because both sides were very welcoming and, and kind to all of us, really. And for the small time that we were there, they really did took us in and made us feel welcome and at home. So I, I don't really have nothing bad to say for either side. Um, I did find that the the Israeli side was more technologically advanced uh, than the other side. Uh, the other side reminded me a bit of Afghanistan and Iraq because it was underdeveloped. Um, the infrastructure was not there and there was um, more poverty than on the other side. So I did note it that different, but the the warmth of the people was always there. And that's something that I take away with me. And it makes me almost want to cry um, because of what's going on there right now. But both sides were like just warm and, and welcoming and they wanted to share a bit of themselves and their history and their culture with us. And that's why I am focusing this episode on the the empathy that I feel for both. And this is not me trying to be neutral because I acknowledge as well that really both sides here have have done something that were not in the best interest for their people and for everyone that live in that area. But at the end of the day, I look at it as these are human beings and these are human beings that are suffering. And these are human beings that deserve that empathy and that deserve to, to live with dignity and respect. So that's why I'm not really here to take sides. But something that I notice is that there are people that are picking sides. And like I said, to me, that's a little short-sighted because it really it negates that real lives at our stakes here, right? And we can have our opinions. Um, for me, it hit home because I now know, like I said on the previous episode, how Columbus never really discovered America, right? But because of the negligent way that he arrived and, and how he exposed indigenous people to diseases that they had never been exposed, as well as the mistreatment of the indigenous folks, he almost erased them from the face of the earth. So when I started reading the history of this area, mind you, I, I know what the Christian slash Catholic Bible says about that area because theology courses, right? And, um, and I've read that book three times front and back. And I also taught catechism to sixth graders. So it, it's a little bit of knowledge there when it comes to that. But on the same token, I don't see, this is my personal opinion, um, please respect that. I don't see the Bible as uh, a place where I use as proof, right? I don't see uh, that as a place where 
um, I can say, these are the resources. These are the things that I'm going to cite. Boom, the Bible, right? I don't see that as that because I think um, there's some inaccuracies there. and There's a lot of bias there because uh, I, I understand how the Bible came to be put together and and um, how it has been translated multiple times and how it has been something that was passed down. So because of that, I know that the margin of error in that text is quite a lot, right? Um, however, it's a great place if you want to gain some philosophy or if you want to um, like understand morality and, 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 you know, right versus wrong and things like that, right? It can give you a bit of a basis there. Not everything, right? But some of it. But it's not something where I go and cite historical sources. However, I have uh, started reading um, some books. And let me give you those resources now. Um, Because what I did was I started listening to it. And then um, I started reading it. Because when it comes to history, I need to understand it and um, through the various means of understanding context, which for me is, you know, through the ears, audible, and then through visual, the eyes, and then I make notations, right? So I do the, the writing of it as well. So I've read The Palestinian-Israeli Conflict, a very short introduction by Martin Bunton. And um, I read Minor Detail, which is, this is not nonfiction, this is fiction, by the way, uh, by Adania Shibli, and narrated by Siri Scott. I listened to that one. And um, then the book that I'm currently reading right now um, through through audiobook means is 100 Years War by Rashid Khalidi. And these books have really gave me an understanding that is much more complex of the area. I've always known that this territory has been disputed since uh, as far back as can as I can remember, way before that was even brought into this earth. Uh, so I understand that. And um, in reading the nonfiction historical accounts has gave me an understanding that it really is much more at play here. But regardless, right, of of how how that territory came to be occupied, right? That does play a factor, by the way. Uh, But regardless of that, what I'm focusing here on this episode is it really is the human cost. Because I find it like... Have y'all watched Games of Thrones? That we play these these games per se, and I'm sorry for using that word because this is no game. Uh, people are dying here, but it, it's almost like these political moves that happen that then implicate people and their livelihood, and then it ends up taking a toll on humanity. And that's what I see happening here from everything that I've read and and digested is it's like that territory was inhabited before 
but yet certain powers take it and then kind of like sell it off <laughs> to to other people. And it's like, it always begs the question whenever I read something like that, just like with the Columbus example that I use, it's like, who are you to make choices for a territory that is not yours, that you, you just you occupied? And I get it, you know, I get it that it is the victors that end up writing history. I get it that it is the victors, right, that get to decide um, the spoils of war, right, and who who take all of that. I get it. But at the end of the day, to me, it is still morally wrong and, and ethically wrong to do something like that. I think that this could have been a more amicable way of doing it to have uh, two groups of people living in a place while while still respecting each other's culture and, and each other's way of life. You know, I think um, there there is a way. I mean, shoot, you you look at other countries and you see that there's various religions, right? That that live in those places, various ethnic groups, and, and all of that, and I'm um, not saying that everything is peaceful, right? But through through laws and certain things in place, right, we're able to live together and not be at each other's throat while living together. So it is doable. It probably is not the easiest thing to do because as you can see, once again, look at the U.S., right? It's still um, a, a lot of different tensions and things of that nature, right? But we're striving to be a place where everyone uh, can live and thrive at peace, regardless of um, who they are and where they come from. So that that's my take on what I've read thus far when it comes to, to the history of this place, as well as what I've experienced from visiting. And it, it really is, I'm not from that area and uh, Really, my experience with it is very minimal compared to people that are from this place. So please, once again, don't take it as um, an expert when it comes to this. I am basically just sharing my opinion from the little bit that I know. And I am open to respectful dialogue, um, just not open to demeaning dialogue, which is what I'm going to embark upon next, which is the the derogatory and dehumanizing language that's been flooding social media throughout all of this. And I have found that it's almost as if when, when I say the Palestinian people are suffering because of the of the bombing and things that are happening to them, it's almost like I get a response of, um, well, what about this, right? Well, what about the Israel um, hostages or those that got kidnapped, and um, or, or then they start calling uh, Palestinian people names, which. When I get that from somebody, that tells me that my argument is correct and theirs is not because they're choosing to focus on something like that. 
And, and I go back to previous experiences when it comes to, to certain movements and how, uh, people tend to grasp at the what, what about isms, right? Well, what about this or what about that? As if you cannot have both, right? And this is where I'm getting at. I can, I can feel for both, you know, both things can be true. I can, uh, feel bad for the, the people that, that were killed, um, kidnapped and still kidnapped to this day and wish them to be home with their family members and as well feel bad for the other people that are suffering from being really controlled in an area. A, a very small area, and then on top of that, being uh, targeted in that small area as well. You know, it, it's like my heart is not so small that I can only feel for one or the other. I can feel for both. And I can see as well as a, a human with with a brain that can do objective thinking that there are things that can be done for both people and that there are things that can be done to ensure that both groups live with dignity and respect in that piece of land. And that's where I'm getting at. Because at the end of the day, I feel some sort of way when non-combatants are dying. It, that is something that, to me, it is tragic. I don't look at it as collateral damage or something like that. I look at it as that is something that should be avoided because here's the thing, right? Uh, those non-combatants, they didn't ask for it. They, they didn't enlist. They didn't uh, join into a military service. They are there living their lives there. And they had to suffer the atrocity of, of a war that they're not part of. And at the end of the day, that's what I focus on. And, and that's, that's where I lay my empathy. And as you can see, I say non-combatants. I didn't say like uh, either Israeli or Palest Palestinian. I say non-combatants. And that is on every side of the equation. Uh, because at the end of the day, that's where I feel the most. And I feel that a lot of us can use to shift our perspective in that way in, in, in seeing these non-combatants really as, as human beings that are part of the crossfires for which they didn't ask for. And instead of arguing back and forth about who is right, who is wrong, um, whose land does this belong to? I say there are bigger things at hand to worry about right now, which is stopping further deaths from happening. I think once we get to that, then we can start worrying about other things. But right now, it just seems like to me as if these non-combatants are, are dying and we're over here grappling about who who does this piece of land belong to? And um, I say we can worry about that later. And, and, and right now, like, <laughs> let's, let's pause, right? And let's make sure that these people that didn't ask for any of this are safe and sound and away from 
the crossfires. Um, because at the end of the day, if the military wants to fight, got it, go ahead. But the non-combatants didn't ask for that. So that's where my empathy lies. And um, I wish that we would focus more on that, on the ongoing loss of innocent lives and aim and encourage for lasting peace there. Because this is one of those places where peace has not been prevalent at all. And I'm afraid of what is happening to humanity and what is happening to the generation of kids that are going to become adults that have lived through that, that have seen the atrocities that occurred, that have not found much peace in the lives that they have lived thus far. So that's what I'm worried about. But let me know, what are your thoughts? And I hope that we can continue to share our perspectives and, and have discussions that are respectful and constructive and that by all means, we strive to push for, for that, for the stop of loss of innocent life and for peace in this region. I, I hope that that's where we, we shift our perspective and we shift our voice and we continue to voice for that. So that way we can continue to pick humanity over, over everything else and um, let our empathy really reign supreme over everything. So that's the end of today's deep cup. I didn't realize. <laughs> I keep saying that, right? But uh, I knew I was going to discuss this topic, but it, sometimes these topics just get away from me and I go into a place that I didn't expect it to go. I really wanted to streamline this to just say to always, always pick humanity at the end of the day. And I hope that's what you got from this conversation. Uh, thank you for listening. And I hope you learned something or I hope you are able to open up some respectful and constructive dialogue either with me or with other people. Uh, based off of this conversation. And as always, don't forget to subscribe and tune in for next time where we have another Have a Cup of Joani episode. I'll see you then. Bye. Oh, we could, we could fly. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show. See you on the next episode. Bye. Oh, we could, we could fly. Uh, uh.